0: Hey folks, it's me, your Game Master, Scott Graves. Welcome back to Season 3 of The Shadow Over California. We are excited to bring those of you that have made it this far with us the prologue episodes of The Shadow Over California. Keep in mind that this is all recorded as the beta test to prove to my friends that our games are good enough to record. I've spent the time touching up the episodes, making them sound a little better. They're all recorded on my phone. So, But there's there's only so much I can do. But that being said... I kind of explain a lot of it in the little intro I give in the beginning of this, because I'm taking a lot of these files directly from how I recorded them for my friends, um, and complete with all of the introductions that I did for my friends as well. Um, The friends being the rest of the people on the podcast, Janae, Doug, Nick, Jason. That being all said, welcome to the prologue, prologue one, the beginning of the beginning. Prologue, Arkham, California, September 1924 Professor Charles Leader quickly glances over his shoulder as he exits his car in the parking lot of Miskatonic University. Nervously, he crosses the parking lot and moves briskly through the dark campus. The night is clear. Halogen light bulbs keep the entrances of buildings illuminated and the majority of the campus quad sits in the yellow glow. Soft breeze pushes lazily through the campus and the gentle hum of crickets and lights the only sound. Charles moves to the English and History Building, unlocking the door and sneaking in. He heads up the two flights of stairs towards his office, quietly slipping inside. He locks the door behind him, heads to his desk, unlocking the bottom filing cabinet, and pulls out a large stack of paper. Tossing them in the fireplace, Charles lights them, letting them slowly burn. He freezes when he hears the sound of slithering, as it seems to writhe through the walls around him. He slowly stands from his crouched position, turns and stares his own reflection in the face. Suddenly, Charles lurches forward as he clutches at his temples. His head snaps up. He stares, his reflection dead in the eyes, and then his eyes begin to melt. The burning sensation is too much, and Charles screams. He clutches at his face as it contorts with pain, falling forwards and smashing into the mirror, shattering the bottom half. Charles' body lies on the floor in front of the mirror, writhing for a bit on the ground before his contorted face stares at the ceiling, eyes boiled in his own head. A dark shadow rears its head above him red eyes glaring down, and then it dissipates into the air. Welcome to the Crimson Letters. What's up, everyone? My name is Scott Graves, and I will be your game master for this podcast. Welcome to our little podcast. We are playing tabletop role playing game Call of Cthulhu, and this is also our first time playing Call of Cthulhu 7th edition, or any edition for that matter, so I ask that you could cut us a little bit of a slack when I get the rules wrong. We are playing the Crimson Letters gaming scenario from the Keeper's Rulebook. It's a fun little sandbox adventure that takes place in the city of Arkham, from classic Lovecraftian literature, and is specifically located around Miskatonic University another classic Lovecraftian location. Now, normally Arkham is set against the backdrop of Massachusetts. I have no idea what Massachusetts is like, so I moved this and created an alternate reality where the town of Arkham is located in Los Angeles County, since that is where I and my college gaming crew happen to be located. I wanted each character to have their own intro for their character to be involved with the mystery. That way it's not a you-all-me-in-the-tavern situation, so I started playing with each of them one-on-one until their characters met up together. Then we would play together as they met. However, this means that they wouldn't know the whole story until they recount the stories back to each other, so I recorded our games one-on-one. And then I just kept recording until we finished the story. So I put this together for you and for my players so that y'all can experience the story all the way through. Now that the disclaimer is out, please don't judge our audio quality. I recorded using my phone sitting on the table between us. If you do like what you hear story-wise, consider leaving us a review to let us know that, yes, we should go ahead, buy that fancy audio equipment we want to buy, and actually start a real, intentional podcast. Because we actually have an audience for our shenanigans, which is just weird to think about. The story is a bit of a slow start, and once the players start meeting each other, I think the story picks up a lot more. Audio quality may drop, but hopefully you'll be invested enough to keep going. We will be releasing podcasts hopefully starting once I've finished editing all of them, and we will be releasing them in what I call chapters. Chapters will probably range from between thirty minutes to an hour and a half, depends upon the characters playing and the natural stopping spots of the story. The plan is to drop the first five chapters all at once so that you can listen to and hear the five individual play sessions I have with each of the players. Then I hope to release chapters weekly until the end of the story. Now, before we jump in, let's meet the cast.
1: Hello, my name is Lena Bhatti. I play Dr. Marjorie Graves. I am a doctor of medicine and part-time retician. I teach as an adjunct at Miskatonic University. A little bit about my backstory. Um, I was a single mother with a daughter who was severely ill. Before I could find a cure, she died, and so I blame myself and now tend to be more motherly more motherly towards younger women.
0: Hello, my name is Nick Meyer, and I play the character Beth Fernandez. Beth Fernandez is a middle-aged housewife slash college professor. She teaches Spanish and... Um, also has a degree in psychology and likes to study up on history as well. She uses a psychology degree to, like, help her students out, you know, like if they're struggling or just going through something, she likes to be there for them. She's very motherly, although she does not have any children of her own. Um, she actually is married to Sanchez Fernandez, who she met on study abroad. She looks young for her age. She's good looking. She's got a premature white hair pulled back in a braid and a little wire spectacles.
1: Hi, my name is Janae Schneider, and I'm playing the character of Claudia Shane. I grew up on Drew Blue Ranch in Casper, Wyoming, and this is my first time being to a big city. I'm not used to all of the loud noises and crazy people that I'm about to encounter, but I've grown up around a bunch of animals, and I know how to shoot. Well, who knows if that'll come in handy.
0: It's your boy, Jason, playing the character of Jonah Schmidt, I live on the corner of Van Nuys and Arkham, uh, on the literal corner. I'm a street musician, I'm homeless, living the life, living the dream. I'm a professional fast talker at heart. I'm there to, to get big reins with the big dames. <laughs> <laughs> Cut. <laughs> Howdy, everyone. Uh, My name is Doug and my character is Braxton McJab. Braxton's about six foot, six one, wears a gray business suit and leans to one side, preferably on his right leg. You know, his left leg's a bit numb. Uh, On his right hip, he always carries a pistol, a revolver, and he always wears a fedora on his head whenever he has the chance never fails to carry a whiskey flask on him at all times. And there you go. There's our cast, our crew. I hope you enjoy our first foray into the lovecrafting world of Arkham, California, and I encourage you to give each of our introductory episodes a try. It might not mean until one of the later individual episodes that you find a plot hook that particularly interests you. A uh, quick word of warning. Nina's a little tired on this, so... It's a little sleepy and slow at the beginning, but it, it'll, it gets a little more into it at the end. Now... I would like to welcome you to the Crimson Letters, Chapter 1, The Medical Doctor. are approached one day by a friend and contemporary, Dr. John Wheatcroft. Uh, he's a more quiet man with a classic, adorable, elderly man look to him. A well-kept gray hair and a nice, bushy mustache and kind eyes. This is a picture of him here, if you want to see.
1: I can see.
0: Okay. Uh, he usually breathes a little hard. having suffered a mild heart attack a couple years back. Um, he enters your office space, which you share with a good friend, and research assistant Helen, during your office hours. Um, doctor, can I bother you for a second? Okay. okay. He closes the door behind him and and then the, twists the blinds. And before he takes a seat opposite with you, uh, he looks a little sweaty and nervously plays with his watch. Look, guy, <laughs> I need your help. I need a second set of eyes as I'm. Sure, you're aware of our late co-worker, Charles, passed away two days ago, right? Mm-hmm. Well, there's some medical anomalies not consistent with heart attack. I can't quite figure out Bryce, who's the dean of administration. Uh, he wanted me to keep this case wrapped up quickly, so I gave a certificate of severe heart attack to the police, but I, I just can't wrap my head around this. But you can look at the body with me.
1: Um. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. Um, so he takes you over to the um, the lab where they have the his body, Charles Leader's body, uh, and just so you can you can see here, um, this is what his face looks like. Oh, it's rather gruesome, in complexion. Um, he, he pulls it out of the closed storage and kind of, the first time you see that, um, give me a sanity roll. What does
1: that
0: mean? So you're going to roll a d100, and see your sanity score?
1: 70 or something? Okay, you
0: have to roll below that. Equal to or below that. Um oh. But ah. six. You don't even flinch, you just look gruesome. It's terrible. Um
1: I thought it was a one hundred. Oh, I mean, No, if it's all zeros, that's a one hundred.
0: Oh, okay. Um, it's just if it's two zeros here, it's just a six. Oh, okay. um, Uh leader's face is just a screaming visage of horror um, Frozen in agony and terror at the moment of death His eyes are swollen Whitish gray mass of, masses of colorless um, tissue Which is unusual, right? Kind of um, He has this weird feeling that like, somehow you're being watched through this
1: How long has he been dead for? Two days well, That was fast Fast decay for a body. Okay.
0: And together you start to go through the autopsy with uh, Doctor with John Wheatcroft. Um, and and the base results you can find is that Wheatcroft, no, that you and Wheatcroft can find, are that leader suffered a massive heart attack that caused almost instantaneous death. In addition, the body suffered violent muscular spasms, and by some weird means, somehow, you discover violent or uh, severe thermal damage in the optic tissues, akin to the effects of bo- boiling the vitreous matter. On top of this, there's simultaneous organ failure. Um, give me a biology check. Yes. Biology? Science, biology? What do you what do I I you know? D100. Everything is d one hundred, so nineteen dice d twenty. Here it's d one hundred three. Perfect. Um, Why is that You can good? tell that because that's a success. So you have to be an eighty three for success. A forty one is a hard success, which is like even better. Um, and then it's sixteen below. rolled a thirty three. Mm-hmm. You you beat a forty one. Okay. Right, so that gives you a hard success.
1: Wait, how did I beat a forty one?
0: Because you rolled a thirty three. You, have to, you want to go low. Oh. You're shooting low.
1: Oh. All
0: right, so it's 83 or below is a success, 41 or below is a hard success, and 16 or below is an extreme success. Oh,
1: okay. Oh, so this is a um, in percentage. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, you notice, and something that, that John didn't see, that uh, on top of the simultaneous organ failure, um, all of his gut flora are dead. Which just slowed the rate of decomposition. Except for the eyes, somehow. And the thermal damage to it. Okay. What do you.
1: Um, well, i tell John that so and ask him about it. I'm assuming since I didn't really tell him, right?
0: Well, I'm assuming you, you do tell. You and. You kind of point this out, and he, he kind of confirms that. Yeah, this is this is strange. I mean, the biggest the biggest strangeness is beyond the thermal damage to the optic tissues. Probably the fact that there's no, all his gut flora are dead. What do you do?
1: How am I supposed to inspect?
0: Well, maybe you need maybe you found everything you can on the body. Maybe you need to find answers. Right. So where
1: who do I go with?
0: The library might have something. Um, you could see if there's a...
1: You can't see the brain at all, right? Hmm.
0: You could look in the brain, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, like, I don't know, because in the picture it's not cut.
0: Uh, I think the picture is before the autopsy.
1: Oh, okay. So what does the brain show?
0: Um... What doesn't a, a normal brain show?
1: What a normal brain should show.
0: Yeah, is it is just like it, like, like what can you tell from an autopsy from a normal brain?
1: Its brain matter.
0: Okay, it's just, I mean I think I think his his brain looks kind of just like a regular brain.
1: So the brain's like not affected by anything.
0: It doesn't seem to be.
1: Okay. Um, I guess. Yeah, go do research in the library.
0: Okay. Um, so you head over to the university library. Um, give me a library use check. you yeah. your skill here. You got a 25 in that?
1: Fifteen.
0: I got a third. Okay. okay, you can't... You're going through all these medical journals and you can't find anything. Um, maybe if you asked the, the, um, librarian about it, maybe?
1: I don't know if the librarian would have to do. The librarian might, like,
0: might know about books that might have. I mean, okay. Some sort of, I mean, you're at a very large university. Well,
1: I was gonna say, like, is there a professor who specializes in heart attacks or, like, something like
0: that? Um, give me a luck roll.
1: So I 100?
0: Yeah. Well, is that all um, that I'm doing? So your luck is you go seventy five. Forty one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There is. There's a. Um. There's not a professor. That is at the local, or but you have a contact at the hospital. Uh, a friend that you went to medical school with, who specializes in heart attacks, that you could go talk to. Okay. Um. So yeah. So you. You head over there, um, okay. Um, yeah, her name is Tabitha. That helps.
1: Tabitha! hmm I show her the report and be like, it helps. It helps. <laughs> 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 like, does this... <laughs> <helps. laughs> I'll this... to see you again. Um, so I have this body at... More...
0: The lab at...
1: University. Bab at the university. That is a little weird. And I show her all, like, the stuff that happened to the body. Well, uh, Yeah, and then it's just like, we're thinking that it's caused by a most extreme heart attack.
0: Mm-hmm. Severe heart attack.
1: Severe yeah. heart attack.
0: Um, um, she's looking through the paper. She goes, I mean,. The sudden muscle spasms and the the heart failure and that all checks out the organ failures I think sometimes the symptom. But, but that's that's strange, along with the gut flora being weird and I have no idea what's going on with the eyes. That's...
1: What was the temperature thing you mentioned again? Hmm? You said the body was like really... like it was hot like thermal damage or whatever.
0: Oh, there's severe thermal damage to the optic tissue. It can do the effects of boiling the vitreous matter. So basically it's like he, they boiled his eyeballs and optic nerves. Look that's what, that. it's, that's okay. what it looks like. Um, so, hey. Do you
1: have... Any idea where I can look this up or someone who would know anything?
0: I don't, but.
1: Fuck you, Ted.
0: I think. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I think I know of a of a journal that had a case similar to this a couple of years back. Um, let me let me write you the book title down, and, and maybe you can go check that out. You think your library probably has a copy of it. Um, back to the library. <laughs> yeah, so you get, a, you get a copy of this book. Uh, head back to the library, find the book. Um, it's not in the uh, medical sections where you were looking. Um, it's actually in the history section. Um,
1: That's weird.
0: Yeah, it's... it's uh, so why is it in the
1: history section?
0: Um, the book that you find as you open it up, it covers a series of what?
1: I'm just like I'm like asking questions. You're just like let me finish.
0: No, I, I'm I'm explaining why it's in the history section and continuing at the same time. Um, it appears it's a collection of articles detailing uh, what they call the Arkham Witch Trials um, from back in the sixteen hundreds. Okay um, they there appears to have been several people who appeared to have hu- suffered heart attacks while having their who had their eyes burned, but all of them were directly involved in blame and the quote unquote murderers were blamed for witchcraft
1: Okay. Um This is just a journal, right? Or
0: It's it's like a uh like someone did a report. Uh, what's what's it called? It's like it's like a dissertation. Oh,
1: okay. On, so, on, wrote it.
0: Um, uh Harland Roach. Honestly, it's quite a boring thing to read, but you do find some good information in it. Uh yeah, it's written by uh, Wait, Harland I, Roach. I might check it out. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm gonna take um,
0: And you... notice that Harlan Roche is a professor at Miskatonic University.
1: Check it out. Okay. I'm um, gonna go to him and be like, what is this shit? <laughs> um, yeah.
0: Okay.
1: So, wherever he is.
0: Okay. He um, looks like this. You find, it, you find him in his office.
1: He's... Well, he looks crazy.
0: Yeah, and, and this will be a, a couple... Of the, ne- the next day he wasn't there the first time he looked um, so the next day he had over to his office um Roach is a is a paunchy sweaty man with thick bottle bottle bottom spectacles
1: oh, are you regretting this decision
0: <laughs> He's some thinning um oiled hair um that as he as you talked to me kind of keeps What's playing with again
1: Dr. Harland
0: Hosh. Harland Roach
1: Harland Roach
0: mm-hmm. um it was, uh, hi. How, how may I help you? Don't do that. <laughs> don't do what?
1: Scott, stop it. I don't like that.
0: What, what, what? Do you you're like, who's the Scott you're talking to?
1: <laughs> um, hello, Dr. Har-, Har
0: Harland Rush, yes. Hi. Hi.
1: Um, so, I'm doing a autopsy, and... We found some very strange symptoms in the subject, and I realized a lot of it matched this dissertation of yours that I found in the library, and I came to ask you some questions about it that could possibly relate really to oh, my you, own research.
0: You, you read it?
1: <laughs> I looked through it.
0: Oh. Wow. I can't believe someone's actually reading it. <laughs> um. Yeah, well, what were your questions?
1: Um, these, these, these people's eyes. Well, they have to do with like what the body that I'm looking at.
0: The the ones that were were boiled.
1: Yeah, That's I'm not like, showing him the book, okay? Like, <laughs> like, okay. like like these these eyes. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: You describe here as boiled.
0: Yeah, he's I, I don't know, I I mean quite frankly, supernatural cannot interfere, but I don't know, I don't. It's weird. It's very weird, and the funny thing is not to like throw throw some shade around, but Arkham witch trials were some very strange cases back in the late early, late sixteen hundreds, early seventeen hundreds, and interestingly enough, the eyes, the burning eyes and boil eyes are the only times they're mentioned ever. No, I've never found any of anything else with these burned eyes. But Charles was Charles. Yes, he was. He was studying some papers from the Arkham witch trials. Okay. L- only for a couple months before he had his fateful heart attack and so I'm I'm thinking there's a correlation between these papers that he was studying and this heart attack thing
1: I'm gonna die
0: I'm not so sure I don't know if there's anything weird about it but
1: I don't know wait Charles is the one that I'm studying right?
0: Yeah, Charles didn't. Oh,
1: okay. His name was Charles Leader. Oh, okay, confused.
0: But you know, not to throw shade on on Charles. There, he's he was oh well liked man. If I say something, most people say something. How is that throwing shade? I'm confused. It's he's he's a respectable man. So to be suggesting that like. Charles might be have something to do with the witch trials themselves and the reason why Charles being dead from a heart attack with the witch trials would be shit throwing weird darkness at it. Oh, okay. Right. But, here's the interesting thing. Since, since leader Charles died I've taken over this project of looking at the the hobhouse papers where we found these these articles, the witch trial papers. I haven't found the witch trial papers in the collections, so which means those papers are missing.
1: As if someone took them.
0: Yes. And clearly. So so I don't I don't think he was died of a heart attack. I think he was murdered. Right? Cuz a his eyes were boiled. Somehow they destroyed his eyes after poisoning him, somehow giving him a heart attack, right? And then they took the papers. So clearly whoever did it was Familiar with the papers, right? I don't know, it's just an idea.
1: Maybe I oh. don't, I'm really tired. Um, okay. okay. I don't know.
0: So, so kind of what what Roach is suggesting here is that maybe Charles wasn't didn't die of a heart attack. I, don't, well, I don't that.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know what to do now. Well, I mean, um, yeah, I don't.
0: know. Maybe go inspect his office. See if you can find the papers in there. Okay, or...
1: that makes sense. Okay. Um. um real quick for Dr. Mm-hmm. Roach. Um. Do you know like any other people who have researched this?
0: Topic? To to Wheatcroft or to Roach. Roach. No. A- Not many people are interested in in researching the, Misc, the the Arkham witch trials. There. There's only been Although, two people. Although. There was a student. Who's very fascinated with them. But I don't I don't see him much. Oh, mm. he came! I think. Anthony. Anthony Flinders, I think?
1: Oh, that's enough.
0: I oh, don't know. Kind of a weird, strange man. I
1: have a cell phone?
0: No, it's the 1920s.
1: I don't remember. Um, I tell him if he remembers anything else, like, important to, like, please leave a message in, like, my office or something, like, drop a message there. Okay.
0: It's a good guest, yes, surely, surely, of course.
1: Um, or anything that may have involved Charles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Or, um I guess go to Charles' office.
0: Okay.
1: Oh, I was you close by. Um
0: yeah. Um Yeah, so as you head to Let's get wrong, just make Um, oh, uh, yeah, so as you, it's kind of getting, um, closer towards the end of the day, late afternoon. Um, and uh, so you you head in uh, his his student he's got a postgraduate student that helps um, that would have helped Charlie out named uh, Amelia um, she's not there she's gone home for the day uh, so you you walk in uh, to uh, Charles's office um, you uh, from what you can see through the through the open door. Uh, that uh, it's a small affair single desk some filing cabinets in the fireplace um, and uh, on the wall uh, is a shattered mirror um, and as you as you uh, you flick the light on you walk in um, the shattered mirror um, I want to give you to give me a a um, is there, is there an investigation uh, mm-hmm. right, Um, Give me a spot hidden.
1: I rolled a 40. I
0: rolled a 40. I
1: don't know if that's good or not. Um, oh no, it's kinda high.
0: That is a fail. What? How did I get this? Okay. Um. Nope.
1: <laughs> Sexy jail.
0: Alright. Um. Alright, not I'm
1: going home.
0: <laughs> Alright, um. Yeah.
1: I'm um, going home?
0: Cool. Yeah, you can't, it's, it's late, it's tired, you figure you will probably come back, um, check this out, maybe when Amelia's back, see if she has any information, um, and then, kind of as you're, as you're looking about the place, kind of right before you go back, um, the lights kind of flicker, a little bit, mm-hmm. and, then, and then they go out, and they come back on. Um, Um you kind of get this weird feeling like you're being watched somehow and as you're kind of walking out um, selling the stack of books on Amelia's desk just falls off right in front of you and we'll end there